the members of this august body acknowledge your sacred supremacy and therefore confess that without your favor and forbearance we enter this new year relying dangerously on our own fallible nature insert in our spirit a light so bright that we can see ourselves in our politics as we really are soiled by selfishness perverted by prejudice and inveigled by ideology now may the God who created the world and everything in it bless us and keep us may the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us may the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace peace in our families peace across this land and dare I ask O Lord peace even in this chamber now and evermore. We ask it in the name of the monotheistic God, Brahma, and God known by many names, by many different faiths. A man and a woman. What a thing to start the sermon off with. Um, that Welcome to the 117th congressional session as they opened with prayer and um, it's an amazing prayer I want to parse it out for you are you okay with that because this pastor slash congressman um, is quite the theologian I want to prove it to you I'm going to break it down for you. I don't know if you see that may be the first time you've ever seen that. I'm sure it's not. But I doubt you've done a deep dive into it. The opening, and it's kind of hard to hear him because he had his mask on as he was praying. But I, I want you to understand that the opening two words, as he petitioned in this prayer, he petitioned eternal God. That is consistent with God's word and is consistent with the theology of who God is, the doctrine of who God is, because God in his eternality has always been, is today, and always will be. He went on to acknowledge your sacred supremacy. He totally understands the sovereign power of God, that God is sovereign, God is in control over all things. He says, I confess our own fallible nature. The guy totally understands the doctrine of man in that man in his unrepentant state, is his before coming to Christ, is doomed to an eternity in hell, separated from God forever because of his depravity, which is the total depravity of man, the doctrine of man that we are sinners and we're in desperate need of a savior. He went on to pray, help us see ourselves as we really are, soiled by selfishness, perverted by prejudice, and unveigled. I didn't know what that meant. That's a new word. That means enticed or seduced by ideology. I mean, the dude totally gets us. He understands what we're all about. He understands man because he is one. He understands the person 
Never mind. Now he goes on to say, now may the God who created the world and everything in it. Let me stop. The dude's a creationist. Is it true that God, the Father God, the one true God created everything that we know? Yes, it is. It is true. May the God who created the world and everything in it bless us and keep us. Now he's going to quote straight out of the book of Numbers Chapter 6, verse 24 and 25. May the Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious to us. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon us and give us peace. Peace in our families, peace across the land. And dare I ask, O Lord, peace even in this chamber now and evermore. Tell me this isn't an awesome prayer. I don't even pray these awesome prayers like this is awesome. This is a great prayer. We ask this in the name of the monotheistic God. Let me tell you something. We believe in a monotheistic God. We believe in the one, monotheism is we believe in the one true God. We ask in the name of the monotheistic God and Brahma. What? Who and what is Brahma? Anybody know? He is the Hindu God creator being. Where did that come from? Like, are we some kind of Buddhist nation? That's crazy. That we're... And the God known by many names, by, by many faiths. My friends, there is the lie. A man and a woman. What is that? How, how silly is that? First of all, it's nice that the Congress thinks it's important to invoke God's blessing on this, their new session of a new year. But it's interesting to me that they are the very ones who will pass laws to keep our children from doing the same in school every day. And the teachers invoking God's presence and God's help as they deal with the little depraved children all day long. That would be consistent with this prayer. This, this is what this, here's what this prayer is. 99% truth and 1% false news, fake news, a lie, which, what does it make it? The whole thing. I kicked the hornet's nest last, last week. Let's just be real. Let's just, why don't I just say it out loud? And... Um, I want to clarify a couple of things, okay? You all right with that? Some of you got so offended about some things I said last week that you actually shut me off. I know that because you've shared that with me. And I'm assuming if that happened to a couple of people, it happened to several people. And I'm, I'm grateful for those who shared that with me 
Um, I'm sharing this with you because what I want you to understand, because some of you think that I'm being political in my sermons. Some of you think that this is, that I'm on some kind of political kick. I am not, and I want to make it crystal clear. I am not driving any political agenda whatsoever. But I make no apology. Let me back up. I do apologize. I'm going to back that up. I haven't practiced this part, okay? Um, I need to confess. Because um, not for, I I, I need, (laughs) hang on, give me a second. I did say something that was wrong last week and that I shouldn't have. And I need to confess that. I should not have used Nancy Pelosi's name the way that I used Nancy Pelosi's name last week. And here's why. There's nothing wrong with me calling out Nancy Pelosi's wicked ways. There's nothing wrong with me calling out her wicked agenda. But there's everything wrong with me making fun of her. And I should not have used her name in that way, making fun of her, because the Bible calls me um, to lead the way in building people up, not tearing people down. And so um, for that, I'm sorry. The Lord really convicted me over that. I am not sorry for what I said. I am not sorry to speak out against the policies and plans that those in authority over us in this world, in this land, in our local government, when they are contrary to God's word, calling them out for what they are. There is nothing wrong in me doing that. In fact, I'm supposed to do that. And you need to understand, I'm not going to stop. And here's why. Not because I'm like got myself set up on a pedestal, it's because we're in a battle. When I get done with this series, I'm going to take you in the two weeks before Easter Sunday, I'm going to take you through two spiritual warfare sermons to help you understand what we're in the middle of, and then we get to celebrate the victorious resurrection from the dead of Jesus Christ who conquered everything that Satan is trying to accomplish. But Satan is alive and well and he's working. He's active in our world and he's working like never before, my friends. You need to understand that it's my job to call that out. It's my job to show you the subtle ways that he is giving you a whole dose, 99% of good stuff, And then he just adds the little 1% at the end, which totally negates the 99%. And he's going to get you. He wants you, he wants the world to believe the lie. I told you last week from the very beginning, it's been happening like this. From the very beginning of time when Adam believed Satan lied that if he ate the forbidden fruit, he would be like God. Men have been trading the truth for a lie, and worshiping at the feet of the created things instead of the creator. That's why we're spending these eight weeks on this series called Fake News. 
You want to know why I named the series that? Because some of you are wondering about that. Some of you are confused about why would you pick fake news to be a series and put it up there like that where you're going to alienate people. Here's why. You ready? Here's the simple truth. Because the news is fake. Because what you're being told is not true at every level. And it's not a political statement for me to say that. It's not a support of Donald Trump for me to say that. The truth is, everybody, it's a worldwide pandemic, truth pandemic that we're in right now. Satan is at work blinding the eyes like never before because he knows as we get closer to the end, the Spirit's gonna pour himself out more. And people are gonna be coming to Christ and he's like, no, I'm gonna do everything I can to stop it. And so we're gonna spend our time because Jesus said this in John 8, 31, if you will hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I've been asking the question, God, why aren't you stopping all this stuff? If God is the God that we just sang about, right? I mean, what a powerful song. (laughs) Heaven will prevail. The darkness is gonna run and flee and and be completely wiped out because of the light of Christ. If that's real, And God, you are all-powerful God, like you say you are. Then why don't you stop this stuff from happening? Don't you have authority to make that happen? Why don't you put an end to all the blasphemy and all the hypocrisy and all the deception that are leading so many people down the path of hell where there's nothing but death and destruction an eternal damnation. Why don't you just zap all the liars, God? That's the question I have. Have you ever asked that question? You can stop it. You know, it's happening in Jesus' day. Um, Jesus, there were spiritual, there, there were two governments that the people lived under back in Jesus' day in Jerusalem. There was the, they lived under um, a religious authority because the whole governance was about the church, not the church, sorry, the temple. The church is something happened later. It was about the temple, okay? And the priestly authority that had been handed down, and so they were living underneath the priest's authority, but then the Roman government came in, so they had to live underneath the Roman authority also, so what a confusing way to live. But Jesus said, in the midst of the crowd, he says to the people, The teachers of religious law and the Pharisees are the official interpreters of the law of Moses. So practice and obey whatever they tell you, but here's the the thing, but don't follow their example. For they don't practice what they teach. They crush people with unbearable religious demands and they never lift a finger to ease the burden. Okay, Jesus, okay. I have, I have this temptation to say, so why don't you do something about it? If you are God who you say you are, if you're God in the flesh and you have all authority and you're all powerful, then why don't you stop these guys from oppressing us with all these burdens? 
Why don't you lift all this off of us and save us? You can do it right. Aren't you the miracle working Jesus? Haven't you raised people from the dead? Then how about just taking care of these characters? Do you ever ask those kinds of questions? Do you? Are you like me? But you're in good company if you do, because even Jeremiah, he says this, and I love how he puts this in Jeremiah 12, 1, he says, let me bring this complaint to you. He's, he's talking to God. <laughs> okay, now, I don't know. I have not had the guts to do, well, it's a hard way to approach God, okay? Um, I, let me just bring this complaint to you, God. Why are the wicked so prosperous? Why are evil people so happy? You ever asked that question? Why don't you do something about these people who are evil? You know they're evil. We know they're evil. It's no secret. Why aren't you doing something about it? Why do the wicked prosper? And the opposite is also a question I ask is, why do you let good people suffer? Why do you allow that? Paul says, if you desire to live godly in this world, you will suffer. Why? Why us and not them? I guess that's what I'm asking, right? Do you ask that question? You might be asking that question right now. And so it's important for us to look at this truth today. And if you want to take your Bibles, turn to Deuteronomy chapter 29. Deuteronomy is one of the first five books of the Bible. We're going to look at this one verse to help work on the truth of this Title here, why the question you may never get answered. There are so many things that happen to us in this world, things that we see, things that we feel, things that we experience, and it's painful for us to not know why these things are allowed. And the truth is that we're going to look at today, there are many things that happen to God's people that you're never going to learn the answer to the why. You're never going to understand in this lifetime why the things were allowed to happen in your life that have happened. And here's why, okay, you ready? Deuteronomy 29, 29, here's why. The secret things belong to the Lord our God but the things that have been revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may obey all the words of this law. Here's the truths that we're going to work on. We're gonna work on three of them. Truth number one is this, God has secrets. There are secret things that belong to God. God has secrets, and that word secret, if you were to study it out, the word secret means purposefully hidden, or the word concealed could go there. These literally, you can't know these secrets. They can't be known by any means. They are things you can't know. They are, they are intentionally kept from us. God has secrets that he's intentionally keeping from us. He's hiding them from us. You may ask the question right now. You might be saying, why? I don't know. You're gonna have to ask him. 
I don't know why he has secrets that he's keeping from us, on purpose hiding them from us. So the question I need to ask all of us, and I need to ask myself is, are you okay, are we okay with God keeping secrets from us? Is this truth a struggle for you? Anybody want to like nod or help me out here? Because I'm feeling like I'm hanging out all by myself here today. This is a huge struggle for me. And it's a struggle for you too if you're suffering and you don't know why. If you're in the middle of it right now and you don't know why, it's a struggle for you. It's a struggle for you if you see injustice being done and nothing being done about it. That's a struggle. It's a struggle with the why when some horrible crime happens and years go by and justice has not been brought to bear on it. That's a hard thing to deal with. And you want to ask God, why? See, the, the fine point of conflict for people of faith is this question. I was with a pastor this week, went to a prayer session um, at Bethel College with a bunch of pastors. They gathered a bunch of pastors together just to pray for our nation. And they turned us loose. I, we were there, and I didn't know anybody um, there. I brought Gordy Hinky, was a friend of mine, a pastor over in Middlebury. He went with me, and um, I didn't know anybody in the room. I saw a guy sitting by himself, a pastor sitting by himself at a table. So I said, let's go sit with him. And so we went and sat down. His name was Larry. And uh, they sent us to prayer, and I just said, you know what, why don't we share something that we're struggling with right now, one thing that we're struggling with right now, and Larry begins to weep, sitting right to my left, and he begins to weep, and we're like, what's wrong, brother? And he says, my 21-year-old son was murdered three months ago. And I don't understand why. Now, if you don't think God is sovereign and you don't think the Holy Spirit is at work, uh, Phil just so happens to sit at a table next to a pastor who just lost his 21-year-old son three months ago. I reached over and grabbed his arm and I really wasn't gonna say anything. <laughs> I was just like, brother, I'm, gonna, I'm so sorry. And Gordy says, tell him, Phil. I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot, Gordy. And so I shared my story with him, but as we prayed, he poured his heart out to God and through his bitter tears. He is crying out, why? Why did you let this happen? How is this going to help me? How is this loving that you would allow this? Haven't I been faithful? Haven't I been giving you everything I have? Trying to build a church in the middle of a pandemic, and you're gonna do this? You're gonna allow this? Do you feel his pain? You understand? Some of you have prayed that same prayer. This is the question that hits the hardest and hurts the most and lingers the longest. It's actually the question that puts genuine faith 
to the test. I want you to write this down because this really helped me. As my study this week, I came across this quote. We struggle with the concept of God having secrets. Here's why. Because it settles with finality our minuscule role in his infinite plan. Leave it up there, guys, for a second. I'm gonna read this again. This has helped me so much. We struggle with the concept of God having secrets because it settles with finality our minuscule role in his infinite plan. You remember the story of Job? Job in the Bible, it's a real story, by the way. Some people are trying to say that it's just an uh, allegory. It's just some kind of like story made up that we're supposed to draw some principles from. It really happened. So there's this man named Job. He's a true follower of God. I mean, this guy is a man of faith. In fact, God says to Satan, hey, have you noticed, this is up in heaven, by the way, have you, have you noticed my servant Job down on earth? This is what he says. He is the finest man on the earth. Okay, this dude, this dude's a great follower of God. Would you agree? He's, if God's gonna say he's the finest man on earth, this guy's pretty special, doing some stuff right. He's a good man who fears God and will have nothing to do with evil. So Job was pretty special. Satan responds, well, sure he is. You're doing everything to prosper him and bless him. I mean, he's got a beautiful family. He's got a beautiful wife. He's got a beautiful family. He's got people to serve him. He's got lands. He's got all kinds of cattle. He's got beautiful children. Of course, of course, he's, there's nothing going wrong in his life. You, you give him to me for a little bit, and I'll get him to curse you to your face, is what Satan says. Okay. At that point in the story, I expect God to say, you keep your hands off of my faithful servant. Don't you dare. You stay, in fact, I'm, you're done. You're going to the pit of hell. You're going to the lake of fire right now. I'm skipping over everything else I have planned for you. You're going right now. No, you're not touching my servant. Look, this is what God says. God says, I'll give you permission to take away everything from him except his life. You can't take his life. So Satan takes his family, Satan takes his wealth, and then Satan eventually takes his health. Do you know what the first question that came out of Job's heart was? Do you know? Have you read the story? Why? It's what every human heart screams out. Why? In fact, he goes to the very base and he says, why was I even born? Why did you let me live? Why did the midwives not kill me at birth? If, the, if you knew this was going to happen to me, why'd you even allow, was I born for this? Is this why I was born to suffer like this? And he cries out to God. Do you remember what God's response was? I can show you. You want to see it? See, is, it, is God's response, oh, I know, Job, I'm sorry. We made a mistake. I'm sorry, buddy. I, we, we totally messed that one up. I shouldn't have said that to Satan. I just got him all excited because I was so proud of you, and I just got him all excited, and he came and attacked you. Is that what God's doing? Is that how God responds? Look at how God responds to his servant who is suffering, lost everything, and crying out to him saying, why are you letting this happen to me? 
This is what he said in Job 38 too. Who are you to question my wisdom with such ignorant words? Now, is God being mean? No. Some of you will think he is. In fact, our world out there would think, what a horrible God to serve. That he would answer you like, see, they don't understand. And people who get offended by this don't understand that truth sets you free. See, God wanted Job to understand who he was and who Job was in light of who God was because that's where the truth, that's what will set Job free to be able to understand that you're not gonna know why in this life the things happen to you that happen to you. Job 40 verse two says, do you really wanna argue with the Almighty? <laughs> What's the answer, my friends? No, why? Why don't you wanna argue with the Almighty? Here's why, Isaiah 55, eight, because my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You are nothing like me. You never will be. And so you'll never be able to figure out why I allow the things that happen to happen. Here's the problem. We need to know why. Because when we don't get the answer to the why, it makes us feel small, right? Am I right? And I don't like to feel small. I don't like to feel like, hey, am I the last guy to find out what's happening here? But the reality is, brace yourself. You are very small. We are very small. We are nothing. See, I'm gonna get in trouble for that. Because you're, you're messing with my self-esteem. You bet I am. So is God. And God's okay with messing with your self-esteem because he knows who he is and he knows who you are. And he knows that you are like dust. That's what we are, my friends. Be okay with the truth that God has secrets, okay? Let's move on. Truth number two, God has secrets that you can't know. I'm on a totally crash course with time right now, so you guys are gonna have to hang with me, Brad. You're gonna have to really hang with me because I don't know where I'm going to finish this thing. I gotta land this plane somehow. So truth number two, God has secrets that you can't know. Man, I'm gonna do something I've never done before. I'm just gonna stop. And I'm gonna finish this next week. You okay with that? So next week your notes will come with the first note filled in, the first point filled in, and we'll go with truth two and three, because I just think we need to stop right there.
and say this. <clears throat> we could spend literally all, all the rest of the day and just begin to scratch the surface of who God is by just musing in his word about the eternality of God, about the sovereignty of God, about all of the attributes of God our Father who is supernaturally empowered. He is all-powerful. He is all-knowing. He is omnipresent. And his enemy, the devil, is none of those things. In fact, Satan, though he's stronger than us, is nothing compared to God. And we may be all anxious and worried about the future. I wish you all could have sat in my living room last night as I listened to a pastor work through with his congregation. And I'm trying to figure out how I can do this with you. Work through God's end game. Because in order for God to get to the end, for all of his prophetic word to come true, Things have to happen and they're not going to be okay with us. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not, but America isn't listed anywhere in the end time. Something's going to have to happen to the United States of America. I offended a couple of you last week whenever I said, stop hoping for a government who puts God first. Because you do know that for us to continue down into prophecy and to continue down into the end times for God, for Christ to return, we're not gonna be a nation of God. We're not gonna be a nation under God. Something's going to happen to America. I don't know what is gonna happen, but can I tell you something? God is going to work his plan. It's his plan. And he has secrets that he has not revealed to us. There are things in the, in the Bible that we know, and we're gonna talk about that next week, but there are things that he has kept from us. They're hidden. And it's not okay for God's people, even though it's, it's natural for us, and I think God totally gets it. He knows us. He knows that we are dust. So when we come before him like Job and say, why? He goes... You so stupid. Okay, sorry I said that. Apologize for saying that. Because he doesn't look at us like that, but he, it's just how my mind, if I was God, I would look at you like that, you know? And <laughs> you get what I'm saying? You, you, you're so, you so don't understand. And so instead of having an argument with Job, he just says, do you seriously want to argue with the Almighty? Who are you to ask me? Were you there when I created the world? Were you there when I put the planets in place? Were you there when I made all of this happen? No, you were not. 
Here's the message. Be okay with me being God and you not being God. And trust me, the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving God that I'm working my plan. And in your life, I'm working my plan. Trust me. Trust me. I totally messed the band up because we're going to end in a song. We're going to end with that song we just sang about the authority. So they had a cue to come in on the sermon, and I didn't forget to the cue. So (laughs) we're going to let them come in. I want you to stand right now. And I'm sorry I just totally messed it all up, and we will finish this, and it'll be some of the best of this part is to come next week, okay? So hang on with me on that, and hopefully you'll, you'll be able to join us, but hang on. I don't know what you're going through. I really, I know some of you are going through. I just found out that one of our band members lost his dad last night. And he's here today serving, ministering, in his grief. And he, Steve, we love you, man, and I thank you for doing this. And we're gonna pray you through tomorrow or whenever you're, I don't know when they're gonna be doing this with your family, but I want you to hear something. I want you to know God is in total control. And you can trust that. Your house burned down, burns down, God is in total control, and you can trust that. If your health is failing, God is in total control, and you can trust that. If you lose your job, God is in total control, and you can trust that. You know, He's never let His children down, ever. Well, then why am I suffering? Because you're living in a world and there's going to be suffering. That's why but God's still with you, right? Come on, encourage me here. You're getting, you're starting to get it, right? It doesn't mean it's easy. But we have, it's good for me to say to you, it's good for me to minister to you with the truth of God's word that I am God and there is no other and I love my children and I will care for my children But even if you're suffering, my child, God says, I am still in control. Even when you're desperately needing to know why, you just need to, what you need to do is rest in my sovereignty, in my power, in who I am. Because that's where the freedom comes from. Stop focusing on what you don't know. Trust me. Trust what you know about me. Has God ever let anybody down? Has God ever not come good on a promise that he's made? Has God ever stumbled and and does he ever fall? And does he ever, like, he never takes a vacation. 
He's always working his plan. Heaven will prevail. Strongholds will be moved. His children will triumph. You will be delivered. These are promises from God's word. As we go out singing this song, strengthen your heart. Strengthen your life. Strengthen your mind. Because you're going to need to go help strengthen everybody else. Let's go out singing this praise. Heaven will prevail. Strongholds will be moved. Spirits will be silenced. And coward is ruled. I know my God is for me. So what have I to fear? For nothing will deny the glory. to deny you your glory and we don't want to stand in the way of that either so glorify yourself in us as we go from this place Lord we believe we believe we believe Lord just help us in our unbelief and strengthen our hearts in Jesus powerful name we pray amen amen God bless you my friends as you go for joining us for our worship service online today. Our hope is that the worship and teaching has stirred your affections for Jesus Christ and has inspired you to love God, love others, and influence our world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. If you made a spiritual decision today, or if you just want prayer with somebody, would you click on our connection card link and there you can find the help that you need. Also, we encourage you, if you haven't already, download our church app from the App Store today so that you can connect with us in that way and the many different tools that it offers. As always, our website offers a host of opportunities and resources for you, and you can find that at fbcalcar.org. Hey, thank you again for joining us today. We'll see you right back here next week. See ya.